Hey and welcome to The Bell Lap. This is Grandstand's dedicated track and field program. Today the national championships that were held in Melbourne last week and the first round of selections for the Glasgow Commonwealth Games will be our main focus. So to kick off proceedings we're going to catch up with a man who was trackside at the lakeside as part of Athletics Australia's commentary stream team, Dave Robertson. And Robo, can we start by asking for your highlight of the four days of action down south? Yeah, mate, I was really excited about both the men's and women's 800 metre finals, as I have been all season, and uh, I can tell you they didn't disappoint. And to see Josh Rouse hold off the likes of Alex Rowe and Jeff Risley in that men's final especially, uh, I think that was probably it for me. But a very close second would have to be uh, Danny Samuels with her huge throw on the final day. Uh, to get a massive PB. So, you know, loads and loads of highlights. That final day, actually, uh, it was hard to know where to look. We had some great action in the javelin and the high jump, as well as lots of great track action as well. Now, we're going to hear from Danny Samuels later in the program, but first, we've spoken at length during the domestic season about the head-to-head battles between Sally Pearson and Melissa Breen in the 100 metres. In Melbourne, Pearson reigned supreme with an 11.7 into a 4.1 headwind, with Breen running 11.9 for second. As we've touched on recently, it's safe to say that Pearson was really stung by that loss to Breen back in February in Canberra. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, The the unfortunate thing with that final, Luke, was uh, it would have been great to have had it on the back straight. Unfortunately, the track there just wasn't set up to be able to reverse the direction of the track, but yeah, 4.1 headwind was pretty brutal for the girls, but Sally just dominant once again, and um, look, she, she's been untouchable ever since that loss to Breen early in the season, but Mel Breen, you know, she's, she's, she's class, she's got the national record, Sally, you know, still is very hungry to have a crack at that, and I reckon it's, it's the start of uh, many, many more battles to come. Now, Quentin Hull and Patrick Johnson were in Melbourne to broadcast the national championships for Grandstand, and here is their call of the women's 100 metres final. And away cleanly. Breen got away well. So too did Pearson. Whistles running well in the middle of them. Pearson on the outside now takes the lead halfway down the track. Whistle second. Breen third. It's a 12th national title for Sally Pearson. She wins it easily in the end. 11.72 the time. I think Breen just got second ahead of Whistle. 1-1.721 officially for Sally Pearson. National title 12 and 3-zip against Mel Breen since Breen broke the national record. Yeah, great run by Sally Pearson. Just executed really well, straight through the line. Another national title. Well done, Sally. And Pearson spoke to the media after her win and touched on how the weather conditions in Melbourne were unfavourable for fast times. It's just, it's just disappointing. Like, I, just like to, I just like to perform really well. I mean, I know I perform well tonight, and I know that you have to adjust your, your mind frame of, of, of how you run the races, but at the end of the day, it's the trials, and a lot of those girls who were right on the cusp of, of doing at least a B qualifier had no chance tonight to get that done, and that's, that's the most disappointing part. Now, Robo, another draw card in Melbourne was World Championship silver medalist Kim Mickle, who 
won the javelin with the best throw of 64 metres 28. Her main rival, Catherine Mitchell, was a late withdrawal from the event, so it was simply a case of Mickle just taking care of business. It was, and she did. Uh, no surprises there, Luke. Uh, she came out and did, did the business, another eight qualifier, uh, and booking her seat on the plane to Glasgow. Uh, unfortunately, as you say, no Catherine Mitchell to, to push Kim there because that was going to be a great battle as well. But Kelsey Lee Roberts uh, coming in for the silver medal and she's had a great season as well. And she's also been rewarded by being named on the Commonwealth Games team. As you mentioned earlier, Danny Samuels delighted the lakeside crowd with that new personal best of 66 metres 81. Now, throwing distances such as that in April suggests that Danielle Kossian's national record of 68.72 could be in danger later this year. Yeah, we had that, that final throw of Danny's uh, when we saw the, the 66.81 come up on the board. Everyone was flicking through the record books to see just how close it was to Costian's record. Another couple of metres to go, um, and I think it's ominous for the 25-year-old. That, that single throw uh, took the breath away of, of all the crowd that was there at Lakeside Stadium on Sunday, and it's just amazing to see Danny in such great form and a, and a PB by over a metre on her final through, final throw sorry, was really quite special. Now, when you factor in the time of the year and the weather conditions, I thought one of the more impressive performances of the Nationals was Stephen Solomon's win in the 400 metres with a B qualifier of 45.36. Now, this augurs well for his assault on the Com Games gold in Glasgow, but also the US college titles in Eugene in June where he'll be representing Stanford University. Yeah, that's right. And let's not forget he's coming out of uh, the indoor season. It was his first run on Aussie soil in a couple of years. But uh, a real you know, thrill for the crowd to see Solomon through the heat, through the semis, and then in that final and you know, just proved his class. He won that with ease. And I think, you know, Stephen Solomon's in for a great year. He's going to be very dominant, you would expect, over in Glasgow. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he produces in the college system in the next few months as well. And here is Quentin Hull and Patrick Johnson's call of Solomon's victory in the one lap. Away cleanly. Solomon looks good. So too does Stephenson early on. And Beck also running through the first section of the race quite well. But even through the first 100, you can see the effect of the stagger. While Solomon's up to the shoulder of Stephenson through 120 metres of the race. They go down the back straight and already the focus is on the two key runners. Solomon and Stephenson. Solomon at the 200s past Stephenson. And he started behind him in the stagger. Beck's running through as well. But Solomon's putting on an exhibition. He hasn't clocked off as yet. He's about to make the home turn. His form looks good. And it's a race for the miners. Solomon leads about a group of four behind him as they get to the 70. He's having to push Steve Solomon but he leads by about seven or eight metres coming through on the inside is Burns Beck is third, Stephenson fourth but it's Solomon's race and his title in 45-3-8 ahead of Burns and Beck in third 45-38 just outside the A standard for Steve Solomon we expected a show and we got one and Steve Solomon put on a show there, just executed all the way through, went out hard, took it in the bend at 150 metres and just took it home straight. Great run by Steve Solomon. The results coming up now. 45-36. 45-36 for Steve Solomon. Now, Robo, jumping up to the men's 800 metres, as you mentioned earlier, Joshua Ralph took out the final with a time of 146.57, beating out Alex Rowe and, and Jeff Risley. He was the form runner of the domestic season, and it could be argued Ralph is 
still a greenhorn in this this event, and his triumph in Melbourne just illustrates his potential. Yeah, well, that's right. He's had three starts on the lakeside track now, and he's had three wins. Uh, the time's not the quickest there, and that indicated uh, that you know it was a, a more of a tactical race. But special mention to James Gurr, who, when the bell went, uh, he went and he made the race actually because it was fairly slow and they were all grouped together. But as soon as Gurr went, uh, that strung the pack out, and Ralph was actually found himself in fifth place with 150 to go, uh, with Risley making all the pace, and then he, he sort of came through, and Risley uh, unfortunately faded a little bit, and Alex Rowe came through, and it was it was nip and tuck between Rowe and Ralph, but Josh Ralph, as we've seen all season, very strong at the end, and he just finds a way to make it happen and, and got the win. So really happy for, for Ralph, and I'm expecting big things from him as well. And we pick up the action in the final lap of the men's 800 metres. As the crowd give them a cheer, they get to the bell. There's a move from the back. Gurr coming around them, and he's going to take them into the last 400. Watkins second. Risley's run on the outside all the way through. Ralph is fourth uh, or fifth on the outside of Rose. So the three R's are second, third, and fourth as they go down the back straight. It's Gurr in front. Now the move comes from Risley. He's striding up. Ralph's just behind him, and Rose trying to push through and does. He's in fourth, and the surge of Gurr is now being gobbled up by Risley. 200 metres to go. Gurr's gone. Risley goes past him. Ralph's in second. Rose in third. Indeed it is for three R's as expected with about 120 metres to go. Risley just ahead. Rose coming three wide and around the outside of them. Ralph's in the middle. 70 metres to go. A line of three. Perhaps in the middle. It is uh, Ralph, should I say, just in front. Ralph in front of Rowe and Risley fades. It's Rowe. Uh, Ralph, should I say, ahead of Rowe and Risley in third. The three R's put on a good show. Now we speak to Dave Robertson as part of our run-through segment on the bell lap. And Robbo, just stepping up a distance, Zoe Buckman took out the women's 1,500 metres with a winning time of 4.10.86. I felt Buckman showed improved maturity as a runner with this display. She was all class, Luke, and I've, I've seen it written in the media. She's eyeing off a medal over in Glasgow and I'm you know I'm expecting uh, a really big strong performance from Zoe for the rest of this season and over at the Com game she you know got through to that final it seemed without any effort and and even at the finish line having won that women's 800 meters she she stood there at the finish line and it looked like she could she could run it again she looked so <laughs> fresh and really really impressed by Buckman's run great run as well from the New South Wales juniors Heidi Gregson and Jenny Blundell in, in somewhat of an upset to get themselves on the podium uh, ahead of McKnight, uh, Delaney and Duncan. But, uh, yeah, Zoe Buckman, very, very classy run. And here's Quentin Hull and Patrick Johnson calling the final stages of the women's 1,500 metres. There are six in the main group as they'll get the bell with 400 metres to go in this hot field with uh, Zoe Buckman, Kayla McKnight, Mel Duncan and Bridie Delaney all with qualifying times, but the winner here will get automatically qualified among that group if that uh, group produces the winner to go to Glasgow. It's McKnight leading Buckman as they go to the back straight. Leading, and also you look at uh, Buckman just staying there. Now she's having a little push, so there is a struggle now on the back straight. Who's is going to be McKnight or Buckman? 220 metres to go and Buckman asserts her authority. She goes around McKnight and that pair have put about five or six metres on Blundell and then uh, further back to Gregson and uh, the other... 
pair of uh, Duncan and Delaney further back, but uh, Zoe Buckman with a good move around the top circle comes into the home straight with a lead about five or six metres on McKnight. Blundell's gotten to try and run her down. Gregson's coming through as well, but Buckman puts the accelerator down with 50 metres to go, and she's going to pull away, and Zoe Buckman comes down to the line to win the 1,500 metres ahead of Gregson and Blundell. Four minutes, ten point eight eight hard with a reflection. I think around that mark will get the official nonetheless, but Zoe Buckman is heading to Glasgow. A great race by Zoe Buckman. Sensible all the way through that race. Controlled it right up to the end and just kicked for the last 150 metres to take control and book her ticket to Glasgow. Now in the men's metric mile, Jeff Risley claimed victory in 3.46.47 with National record holder Ryan Gregson and Brenton Rowe filling out the minor places. But, Robbo, there was some controversy with Joshua Wright disqualified in the final. Yeah, this one got pretty fiery there in the home straight and then also after the race was done as well. And basically how, how it panned out, Risley uh, got away with the win and, and he had a very strong run. But, uh, yeah, Gregson and, and Wright, Wright was sort of in the lead with 150 to go and uh, Gregson, with about 50 metres to go, claimed that he'd been obstructed. Uh, he, you know, put in a protest and uh, that bumped him up. That was successful and that bumped him up to the silver medal after Wright was disqualified. Look, there wasn't too much in it, uh, but yeah, it was the judges deemed, the referees deemed that Wright was in the wrong um, and, uh, <laughs> and Gregson did get that silver medal in the end. But it's great to see that the fire in the belly and uh, that passion in that men's 1500, there was a few words and a few things exchanged between the, the lads after the race was done. Uh, but, yeah, I, I guess the story really should be on Jeff Risley there, who, let's not forget, had a crack in the 800 and the 1500. Missed out in the 8, but, uh, yeah, secured the gold in the 15. Quickly, looking at some other results, Liz Parnoff won the women's pole vault with a clearance of 4 metres 20 with defending Com Games champion Alana Boyd, no hiding. And I was pleased to see 2006 World Junior Champion Robbie Crowther beat the eight-metre mark to win the men's long jump with the best leap of 8.03. And Robbo, another former junior standout, Nick Huff, won the men's 110 metres hurdles in 14.12, the final being run into a 2.9 headwind. But Huff can look back on this domestic campaign with great pride and he deserves his selection for Glasgow. Yes, he certainly does. Unfortunately, his mate uh, Sam Bain uh, succumbing to that hamstring niggle, and so he wasn't able to make the start line in the event. But yeah, Nick Huff again proving you know just how how uh, strong his season has been. And when we get over to Glasgow, I uh, won't be surprised if we see Huff and Baines uh, mixing it up for the medals over there as well. And here's the call of the 110 metres hurdles final. And away. And Huff got away well, clears the first couple of flights comfortably. Good running on the inside from Conway. Huff's going well on the inside of him. Molino also strong. Huff's in front. Conway on the inside, battling for second, but it is Huff. Conway in a tight go with uh, Burstow on the outside for second and third. But Huff's national title in 14.15 unofficially. Tough conditions here, but uh, Nicholas Huff, great race there. Struggled through, but got the win. 14-12 it turned out to be for Nick Huff. Well, Robbo, thanks for being a part of our run-through segment during the domestic season and look forward to chatting with you when the Diamond League starts in May. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Luke, and uh, I'll put the feet up and, and rest up for a few <laughs> weeks now. I look forward to catching you again soon.
on ABC Grandstand Digital. This is the Bell Lap with Luke Pentony. ABC Grandstand. Well, this week, Athletics Australia named a preliminary squad of 45 for the Glasgow Com Games in the wake of the national titles with Sally Pearson named captain and Kim Mickle vice-captain. The squad will be added to once the qualification period ends on June 1. And among those already named were a selection of our best up-and-coming talent, such as high jumper Eleanor Patterson, shot putter Damien Birkenhead and javelin thrower Kelsey Lee Roberts. They will be joined by a host of seasoned campaigners, such as Danny Samuels, and after Wednesday's squad announcement, Samuels caught up with the ABC's Steve Pearce to explain her excitement about setting a new personal best at Nationals. I haven't had a PB in four years, so to come out and throw almost a metre PB at Nationals on the weekend was, was a really great feeling. I knew I was kind of ready for a 66 metre plus throw, so to have a 66.81 come up was just amazing. It, was, it felt like a reward for all my hard work. When you're talking about PB, obviously a lot of people will also be thinking medals, mm-hmm. maybe even gold ones. Where do you feel you sit in the in the competition that you're going to find over in Glasgow? I feel that I've, if I can replicate the throw that I threw on the weekend, the 66-81, then I'll definitely be up there with a chance to win a medal and hopefully a gold one. You know, that's, that is my goal for this season, I will say it. Um, I want to win a gold medal for the discus um, at Glasgow. So hopefully I can um, be in the mix for shot put as well and that'll be just a little bit of fun um, and a warm-up for the discus. Nobody throws the shot put for fun <laughs> what are you talking about we're, we're, I know that I have read that you, you are keen to double up but you're a little yeah. bit concerned about injuries is that a, a, a sort of best way of putting it yes yeah, so I have had a few little niggles in my shoulder and uh, the week of nationals I did have a bit more of a twinge so I had to pull out of uh, the shot put which was the day before the discus at the nationals just gone so it was precautionary but uh, the action of the shot put would have really irritated what I'd done in my shoulder anyway and I knew I was in really good shape for discus so I've always said I wanted to do shot put um, in Glasgow. I do it as part of my training for discus anyway. So, you know, if I can qualify for a national team, you know, I'll I'll do shot put, but it's never going to be at the uh, detriment of my discus. So discus is always going to come first. And if I can do shot put as well, then that'll be great. And only, what, a couple of months out from Glasgow still, but Rio beginning to loom on the horizon as well, very much for you? Definitely. It's scary to think that it's only two years away. The last two years have flown and, you know, we're seeing uh, Glasgow as, as a stepping stone and a, and a building a couple of years into, into Rio. Uh, the goal for me to, is to throw 70 metres in my career and I think I'll have to be close to that in Rio to, to win a gold medal. Uh, Sandra Perkovic threw 69-12, I think, to win the London Olympics. So that's the kind of standard she's set and... And to beat her, I'm going to have to throw close to 70 metres. So, you know, to be just short of 77, uh, sorry, 67 at this point in uh, two years out is, is a really good sign. And to be PBing at this time is, is, is fantastic. So, yeah, hopefully we just kind of can add a, a couple of metres on by the time we've get to, gotten to Rio. Well, sticking with the Com Games, there have been several Australian athletes who have used the meet as a springboard to even greater success at the Olympic level, and among those is Debbie Flintoff King. 
Flintoff King first graced the Com game stage in Brisbane in 1982 when she won gold in the 400 metres hurdles before two years later finishing sixth in the final of the event at the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics. Now as part of our Grandstand Rewind segment, we are going to reflect on when Flintoff King's career really hit its straps following LA and this included her bronze medal at the 1985 World Cup in Canberra before completing the 400 metres and 400 metres hurdles double the following year at the Edinburgh Com Games. She won the 400 flat in 51.29 while destroying the field to win her pet event over the sticks in 54.94. This is how the ABC described Flintoff King's win in the hurdles. Off, Flintoff got a fast start in the centre of the field, but from the outside it's Vanderbrook Evans leading towards the first hurdle. Let's watch Flintoff as she landed in front by about a stride over the other runners, and she's running magnificently. She leads clear cut over the second, she's going very quickly. From the outside it's Vanderbrook Evans from Mills, followed by Wall, but look at Flintoff going through on the inside. She's run past Lauren Day as they race to the 200 metre mark, and they were followed further back by Ray of England and Dupre of Canada and McLaughlin of Northern Ireland. But Flintoff now leaves the back straight, takes the seventh flight of hurdles and runs through into a clear-cut lead. She's caught all the outside runners now and she comes around to the top of the straight now with three hurdles to go and she's in front by two metres here on Lauren Day who's running on strongly for Australia. Put it on the outside by Wall of Canada and then Dupre of Canada and they were followed further back by Ray of England but she comes over the last. She's a clear-cut leader and Debbie Flintoff wins double gold. She wins the 400 metre hurdles by 15 metres. Lauren Day has got the silver medal I'd say for Australia. Just in front of Dupre of Canada, followed further back by Ray of England, Wall of Canada, McLaughlin of Northern Ireland, and uh, back at the rear of the field, Vanderbrook Evans of Wales. Flintoff King made further improvement in 1987 when she claimed silver at the Rome World Championships, but this was just a taste of what was to come 12 months later when she achieved the crowning moment of her decorated career at the Seoul Olympics. Off Flintoff King got out quickly and is making ground on uh, Fiedler. Bush got away quickly and from the outside uh, the leader out there is apt and going very quickly. Let of Skyer in lane three. The two runners on the inside have dropped back. Gunnell and Kuratskina down the back. They go to the third hurdle now and uh, Debbie Flintoff King's running about third. Let of Skyer's gone to the front along the inside in lane three. She's past Sheffield. Ranging up to Flintoff King over on the outside is Bush and Fiedler. They've got to apt. It's uh, Debbie Flintoff King still running about third over the seventh hurdle now and over on the outside the two East Germans have got to the front Fiedler on the inside of Bush, Bush just in front of Fiedler, Debbie Flintoff King coming through now and Lenovskaya alongside her, she's running fifth, Debbie Flintoff King as they come down to the second last hurdle Lenovskaya with a senior junior in front uh, from Fiedler, Debbie Flintoff King is surging now, over the last Lenovskaya in front, Flintoff King coming after him, it won't make it, Lenovskaya's in front, oh close Lenovskaya maybe from Flintoff King Fiedler third, followed in by Bush and they were followed in by Gunnell, then up and further back Sheffield and Kurochkina. I think gold medal to Debbie Flintoff based on the replay. We're still waiting for the official result. She's got it! Gold medal! Debbie Flintoff Kings won the gold medal! Anyone who can remember that race will also remember where they were. It was just one of those moments. Now for the record, Flintoff King posted an Olympic record of 53.17 a hundredth of a second ahead of the Soviet Union's Tatyana Ledovskaya, 
with East Germany's Alan Fielder, third in 53.63. Now, Flintoff King finished her career with a silver medal in the hurdles at the Auckland Com Games in 1990, the final chapter of one of the greats of Australian track and field. Now, just to let you know, we are going to be taking a few weeks off at the Bell Lap now. The domestic season has wrapped up, but we will return next month prior to the start of the Diamond League circuit. In the meantime, you can still visit abc.net.au slash grandstand to find the podcasts of the program so far this year, while you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. Also, if you want to get in contact through Twitter, just drop me a message at Luke Pentany, all one word. And we'll catch you again in a few weeks' time.